0: Amen. How many remember what I taught on last time I taught? You remember? (laughs) It's been a little while. It was uh, distractions. Yes. Mother's Day. So this is a little bit of a continuation of of that kind of of that. Um, You know, I spoke about distractions and entanglements and things that would keep us from being focused. And um, was really trying to get the point across that we have to be focused and purposeful. Uh, about being in His presence, about getting into the Word of God, and about pursuing kingdom business for such a time as this. Amen? And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is hungering for more. Um, You know, my spirit was really, uh, how many enjoyed Sunday? Wasn't it so good? Man, I just, I love God's I brag about God in this because he's connected us with so many amazing gifts in the body of Christ. And we have some awesome divine connections. And, you know, Joe's one of those. We've known him for, I don't know, over 35 years. And we try to get as many as we can. And, and y'all, we have people call us all the time wanting to come. So, um, yeah. So it's been amazing. And we've just been really praying and asking the Holy Spirit who he wants here for this year and for this time. Because there could be a plethora of people. We could have somebody every month, but we want who God wants for the timing that he wants. It's not that those people aren't good or right for us, but it's for the timing, the right timing. So I believe that Joe spoke into our hearts and our lives for the right timing. But something he talked about, and I'd actually mentioned it before, was just about the race that we're in the end of the end. the end of the end of the race, and that when you're running a race and you're at the end of the race, you don't slow down just because, hey, I'm at the end of the race. I can just take it easy. No, you run faster. You go harder and stronger. And remember what he said? He said, what does that mean to us? That means we learn more. We pray more. We get into the word more. We seek his face more. We get into the presence more. We're studying more. We're doing everything we know to do. To seek him more. And that really bore witness in my spirit. Because that's what I've been. And I'm probably sure that everybody here has been feeling that same thing. Is just that urgency. The word for me is urgency. To get in the presence of God. And to know our father like never before. And it's, the thing is is you can't ever know him Enough. Do you, do you, you know, I've known my husband a long time. We've been married a long time. And I just found out something new the other day, another job that he worked and did. You know, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I didn't know you did that. <laughs> I'm always finding out new things. But with God, it's even more so. He's multifaceted, and there's so many things about God. And He loves to give good gifts continually to us. And we don't find out those things unless we're pursuing and practicing the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I I feel such an urgency in my heart, do you guys have a witness with this, that it's time for us to really, really delve into the presence. And I, you know, I, I was telling my husband, I was writing him today about some things we need to do in the house, and I said, I feel like everything is just out of control right now. I feel like <laughs> there's so many things that need to happen in our home and, you know, just clean up and purging and different things, and and yet... I know that it's important that we do things of excellence, but there's a part of me that's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. There's so many things that are more important right now. I, you know, I'm taking care of a sick dog. It's been a, a month for Bentley, and praise the Lord. And a uh, and a puppy, and you know, we just had a baby last week. And there, there's other things happening that take precedence over my house. You know, and I, I'm not letting it go. I'm I understand. I'm just not obsessed with the cleanliness right now like I used to be when I was younger and so um but I think there's reasons for that I think God wants us you know we only have so much time in the day and he wants us in his presence and I know that there's things that we have to do you know we got to work jobs we got to take care of kids we've got to you know pay our bills we've got to do certain things that are that are vying for our attention uh and part of that that's vying for your attention is Him. The Holy Spirit is beckoning for you to get into His presence like never before and to seek His face like never before. So uh, let's turn to Hebrews 2, 1. Are you excited about this word? It's going to be good. Say, it's going to be good. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is what you need tonight. <laughs> Hebrews 2, 1, I'm going to read from the Amplified, and I'm going to try to watch the time here. It says, uh, since all this is true, we ought to pay more, much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. The Passion Translation says, this is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we've heard, so that we do not drift off course. You know, a lot of people might think, I'm not going to drift off course. This is who I am. This is a part of who I am. This is I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And there's no way I'm drifting off course. But without saying too much, I'm not naming any names, there's people that I know that I never thought would drift off course. Not you. That I never thought would drift off course. And let me just say this. Some people might think drifting off course is one thing. But there's some things that you can do to drift off course that you might think is okay. You get what I'm saying? And there's deception involved that's allowing you to drift off course, and you're really getting in a place that's not safe. You know what I'm saying? There's some things that the enemy wants you to think, ah, it's okay. You can do this. It'll be all right. You know, we just heard of something that uh, somebody did, and I'm like, I'm totally shocked. (laughs) because of the caliber of this person. And I'm thinking, what in the world? I can't believe this. This person has drifted a little bit off course, but a little bit can go a long way when the winds start to blow and you can really get off course very quickly. So it's really pertinent that we stay right on course, that we don't drift from where God wants us. And I won't get into that, it's a whole other teaching, but there's lots of things that'll cause us to drift off course. One of the main things is offense. Another thing is uh, thinking that we're okay and we're really not. Deception. Okay, so Psalm 42, 1 and 2. Y'all know this. This is David. He says, this is the Amplified. It says, uh, I don't know why it says it this way. As the heart pants and longs for the water, Brooks. So I pant and long for you, O God. My inner self thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? Y'all know that this is as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. And I was looking up a little bit of a, an explanation of, of the reason why David wrote this the way he did. And I'm just going to read it to you verbatim so you can understand it. David was afraid. He was brokenhearted, betrayed. And how many have ever been betrayed? It hurts and being actively hunted down by an army. You guys know who this army was? It was Absalom. It was his own son, and he was after the kingdom. And so when David wrote this song to the Lord, he felt as, as the deer. Why? Well, because uh, a, a deer only pants when it is being chased by a predator. As soon as a deer escapes and knows it is safe, it, it will immediately look for water to replenish its depleted inner stores. Right? Stores, yes. However, if a deer runs for too long from an enemy and cannot get to the water, the panting from the lack of water will cause the deer to collapse and die. I didn't know that. Maybe, probably Larry knew that, but I didn't. Unlike a deer being pursued by an enemy who must then hunt for water, David knew exactly where to go to replenish his exhausted spirit. He got into praise and worship and found living water. David wasn't being poetic when he wrote, As the deer pants for the water. (laughs) He was. An experienced hunter and an outdoorsman, and he was being very, very real in his cry to the Lord. As the deer pants for water, meant that he was becoming exhausted, worn out, and depleted from being pursued by the enemy. And he had reached the point inside of himself that he wanted to lay down and just give up and die. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe some of us have. He wrote a very deliberate cry to the Lord. As the deer pants after the water, Lord, so my soul. Pants after you. My soul thirsts for you, Lord, for the living God. Even in his most desperate hours, David turned to the Lord. He longed for the Lord. He sought the Lord. He worshiped the Lord. And so, partly what I want to impart to you tonight is that there is a place in his presence where we can become so saturated and filled up with the anointing and the power of God that it brings so much change in our life that all the things that we're, we're we're pursuing and we're frustrated with and we're angry about and, and feeling hurt over, those things just dissipate in his presence. And so while we're frustrated and we're feeling like the enemy is running after us, like David did, and we're trying to deal with life itself and all these things that we are so downcast over, those very things are the things that are healed and restored and replaced, if you will, in the presence of God with his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And it's not something that you have to do. It's just beholding his face and then the change comes. We we quote that scripture all the time as we behold him, we're changed in his presence. And so. I want to encourage you, and I know this is, seems seemingly simple, and the word is simple. I'm not trying to make some profound thing out of it. It's simple. We just have to get in the presence of God and seek him like never before. Amen? You know, as we were worshiping up here, uh, I was worshiping up here, you know, I was just saying, God, you know, sometimes we can be moved by the littleness of the crowd or the littleness of who we are, feeling like, is is this good enough, God? What we're offering up here, is this enough for you? Because you're so amazing. You're so big. You're so mighty. And all we're offering up is just a small squeaky sound to you. (laughs) You know, not that my son was squeaking, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Our sound that we were offering up was a sound of innocence, a sound of surrender, a sound of God. I don't know about you, but I was saying, God, I need you tonight. I I can't get up here and speak without you. I can't do anything. Now I was getting dressed, and I changed my clothes 10 times before I came I to be honest with you and uh, I, I gained the five pounds that I lost two weeks ago, I'm just frustrated. You know, you start to deal with all this mess, and my hair was a mess. I didn't have time to wash it. and just all these things, and I'm, I'm just, you know, you get down on yourself physically, and you think, who am I to stand before these people and present the word of God?" But God was saying, I have chosen you from your mother's womb to do what you're called to do. And I've anointed you and I've placed my hand on you and you can do this. And so, and I'm just being very transparent before you because I want you to know that this is all of us. That when we get here in the presence of the Lord and we're just saying, God, I'm just being honest before you, I just need you tonight i got to have your presence. i got to have your presence tonight. i got to have it tomorrow. Anything I do that's successful is because of you. And anything that I offer up to you, God, you get all the glory. You get all the praise. It's nothing that I can do. When I sing, it's not me. It's all him. Because I've sang with him, and I've sang without him before. And I'm just going to tell you, it's a whole lot easier to sing with him. Because the anointing is what makes the difference. You can have a beautiful, gifted sound, but if you are not anointed and you're not offering up a sacrifice of praise unto Him and saying, God, this is all about you and not about me, you might as well sit your bottom down. Because it is not glorifying God. And that's why our pursuit up here is always about practicing His presence, it's not about performance. It's all about his grace and his mercy. It's all about giving him glory. Tonight we're here. You're sitting there. You're giving him glory just by being here. You might think this is just a Wednesday night. There's just a few handful of people. No big deal. No, you come in and you brought his glory with you because you're a carrier like he talked about Sunday. We've talked about before. We're carriers of the glory of God. And when we gather together corporately There's an anointing. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. He is here. He is here. He is here to bring change. He is here to bring us hope. He is here to bring us peace. He's here to bring us joy. He's here to bring us deliverance. He's here to heal our hearts, our brokenness. All the things that we... Don't think we can do without him. He's here to bring that. He said, "Here you go. I'm giving you all the gifts and everything you need that you so that you can go out and have my favor on you, my a kiss from heaven, and you can be a success because of who I am in and through you. If we let him shine through us, Amen. That was just extra. <laughs> so Proverbs three five and six, and I know we know this. So don't just recite it in your head. Go with me." with this go with me on this because what I'm talking about what I'm focusing about is hungering for more and the trust thing is what we lean on a lot in this we talk about leaning not on our own understanding trusting in him but I'm, I'm really wanting to focus on hungering for more and so the word says lean on amplified trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and your mind it includes our mind God doesn't want us just to walk around mindless and act like fools. He includes our minds. And do not rely on your own insight or your own understanding. Now, let me just stop right there. Every one of us here have insight in some things. We have an opinion of some things. The Word of God tells us, don't rely on your own opinion or your own understanding. We are to be spirit-led, not head-led. You get it? we are to be spirit the word of god says that we are sons and daughters and we are led by god this spirit man on the inside of me is what i'm listening with this is what i'm listening to what i'm being led by and with and what i'm wanting my day tomorrow to teach me and tell me what to do i don't want to be led by what i'm seeing What I'm hearing, what I'm feeling, I have to be led by what the Word of God says, what the truth of the Word of God says. It says, in all your ways, know, know him, recognize him. How can we recognize him if we haven't spent time with him? We have to recognize him in things. We have to acknowledge him, and then he will direct and make straight and plain your your path. I'm going to read out of the Passion. It says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make, every decision. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. He will lead you wherever you go in your decisions, in what you say, in what you're thinking. He will lead that, too, if you're looking for him, if you're paying attention. Paying attention to what he's saying. Are we paying attention? There's a lot of things that are vying for our attention right now. We've talked about this last time about distractions. We need to pay attention to him. We need to, before we get out of bed in the morning, we need to acknowledge him and say, God, I can't breathe without you today. My strength is because of you today. I can do all things only because of you today. Thank you that you bring strength and health to my body and to my mind. I have a safe, sound mind. My thinking is right because of you. And don't allow the enemy to come in and pull you around with your emotions, right? Start the day with that. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. I know we don't think we're know-it-alls, but sometimes I know some know-it-alls, and they think they know it all, but they don't know it all. (laughs) You get what I mean? (laughs) And, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will knock on our heart's door and say, you don't know it all. Back off. (laughs) For wisdom comes when you adore him With undivided devotion. I love this part. Wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Avoid everything that's wrong. What is vying for our attention today? What is wanting us to pay attention today? Everything that is wrong. Everything that is wrong. I know we've experienced a tragedy yesterday, and it's horrific, and our hearts go out to those who have lost but the enemy wants to take that one thing and now turn it into something else about guns and other things. And it's all about what's wrong. And now people are divided and they're talking and there's issues about it because it's all about what's wrong. We're not talking about the main, what the main thing is. What's the main thing here? There's somebody that was lost. That boy was lost in his heart in his soul, and he reached out in the wrong way and took lives because he was lost himself. We need to deal with the deep issues instead of making more issues out of what there is. You know what I'm saying? And so let's not be f- focused. Let's avoid those things that are wrong. Then you will find the healing. Then, then you will find the healing refreshment for your body and your, that your spirit longed for. Your body and your spirit long for refreshing. And it happens when you lean not on your own understanding, when you trust in God, when you get in the presence of God. And I like what Proverbs 3.10 says. This is the passion again. It says, then every dimension of your life, this is so cool, every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Isn't that wonderful? Every dim- Do you know there are many dimensions of your life? And those things can overflow with the blessings of God, with the blessing and the, and the uh, uncontainable source of inner joy. So reasoning, those, those thoughts, the, the reasoning that we have in our mind, our intellect, our emotions, that is the place where you see, feel, and hear. That is where the enemy will contact you. He will tell you, this is wrong that's wrong. You need to be led by this. You're feeling this now, and it's all because of that person's fault, and you start to blame, and you start to be resistant to what the Holy Spirit has just said in this beginning of this verse. We have to seek him first. We have to trust him. We have to lean not on what we think, and let there, let there be an exchange in that place of exchange. Let there be that that releasing of what's wrong and taking on everything that's right. Because it's like, like what Joe said, it's already done. It's a finished work. The cross finished the work. We're not trying to get something. We have already got it. And so we just need to do maintenance. We're just doing maintenance. We're just staying in the presence to continue the maintenance. We're not trying to make something different. We're just continuing maintaining what we have in his presence, amen it's not a it's not an act of a work of the law, it's a work of grace. we're not under the law. A lot of people get confused about works. it's the works of grace it 's a work of faith it's not a work of the law. Amen. So what are you hungering for? I, I thought about uh, bringing a snickers bar, and then I got on the scales, and I was like, no, i'm not doing that. <laughs> I was going to bring a Snicker and eat it and just make you really want a Snicker bar. Isn't this, doesn't this look really good? Or I was going to bring some, some, uh, yeah, I could have let you eat it or just, just mentioning it, you know, just thinking about it done. You've already envisioned, you've already tasted and seen how the Snicker bar is good. Yeah. It makes you want it, right? There's an insatiable desire and an urgency for a Snicker bar now. (laughs) When we what? Thanks a lot. Sorry, she's on a diet, too. When we get in the presence of God and we taste and see that he is good, doesn't it make you want more? It just makes you want more. I'm so grateful, you know, that uh, we were taken out. The Zunegas took us to that meat place, Brazilian steakhouse. I've never been there. I'm not a real huge meat eater, but I was that night. And they come around, you put a flag up, you know, you put a a green flag, yes, I want meat, or a a red flag, no, I don't want any meat. (laughs) And then you sort of feel like you're obligated to eat a lot of meat because I'm sure it's expensive. And so you keep that green flag up, green flag. And you know what? The more I ate it, the more I liked it. I was like, I kind of like this kind of meat, you know? It's good. You start to eat it, you start to want it. And I'm thinking about when we can go back. That's the way it is. When you eat something you like, it's like I can't wait to go back. That's the way his presence is. I've had I've tasted the presence of God in such amazing ways. He has overwhelmed me with his goodness and the anointing that comes in and just sweeps through your soul and cleanses us and makes us whole in so many ways that you cannot buy. That you cannot replace with any meat. <laughs> Amen. So there's a hungering. There's a yearning that overtakes my thinking. Sometimes I'm standing down here and it's just overwhelming me about his presence. It's a holy hunger. It's something that, you know, I can't see him enough. I can't taste him enough. I can't feel him enough. I can't experience him enough. We need more. I need more of God. I hunger for more of him. Amen. That's why sometimes it's hard when we're in worship to transition from that place of being in his presence over. Not that we don't experience God's presence when we're teaching because his presence is here right now. I sense the anointing even as I'm speaking. But it's, you know, we get in that place where we're looking at him face to face and it's like, man, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have his presence. There's nothing like it. Amen. Amen. So if I were to ask you, do you ever hunger for God? Is it something that you're thinking about? What do you hunger for? Are you hungering just for food? Are you hungering for more money? Are you hungering for a job thing? Are you hungering for, you know, I don't know, another vacation, a different car, a different house? Are those things occupying that place of hunger and desire, that place of urgency In your spirit, you know. uh, Last week, when I was uh, with Haley and she had her baby, you know, the very first thing they do when you guys know when you have a baby is they put the the baby to the mother's breasts and encourage nursing. You know, and uh, they're like, "Is the baby eating? We want the baby to eat." And that's all I heard the whole time I was there. Is the baby eating? Nurse, nurse, nurse. I'm thinking, dear Lord. <laughs> I'm glad it's not me, you know. It's just, you know, is the baby eating? And then the first appointment, is the baby eating? Has the baby gained weight? We want the baby to gain weight. We want the baby to eat. And my poor daughter, all she's doing is feeding, 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 feeding. And it, But that's the whole idea. That's what God wants. He wants us to eat. He wants us to desire the sincere milk of the word because if we eat, we grow. Now, there comes a time in the natural sense where, like I talked about, you have to pull away from eating so that you don't gain too much. (laughs) And you eat the right things. You eat the protein. You eat the meat. You eat the solid word so that you become more educated In the spiritual sense, you're more in tune with the things of the spirit. So when somebody walks up to you and tells you something, uh, thus saith the Lord, I've got a word for you. You have knowledge on the inside. You've been in the presence of God. You've been tapped in enough where you can say, this doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Or if it's something that, you know, possibly could be in your future, you say, I'm going to put that on the shelf. This is what we were always taught. I'm going to put that on the shelf. And down the road, if it comes across my path again in my spirit, I will test the spirit and I will see if it's right. But you don't always receive everything that comes your way. And we can't control everybody that comes our way, right? Because there's all kinds of people out there. So we have to have an understanding. We have to, have a, we have to be learned in the spirit so that we've been in the presence of God, we have an understanding of what's right and what's wrong. We know how to test the spirits. I'm just test, I'm just dabbling a little bit in something here because I think it's important that we have an understanding of this, because I believe in the in the last days lots of spiritual activity going on. We're already seeing that, good and bad, and so we have to be able to know what's right and what's not right. And the way that happens is we become mature in the spirit so we have an understanding of what seems right and what doesn't you guys know what i'm saying and if you you know of course you always it's always good to come to you know your pastors if you have a question about something we're here to help but it's important that we are mature enough to have an understanding when people speaking into our life you know you get that little itch in your spirit ah oh, this doesn't seem quite right or you know there's peace there's joy and it and it's right so but it's important that we're growing, we're we're developing, and we're getting in the Word. That's the only way the growth can come, right? Now, my sons, both, I said sons with an S, I don't know about you as much, but I know Hayden, they're really into supplements. Are you? Hey. <laughs> Hayden likes them more than me. Uh, supplements, you all know, are... are uh, just what they say, a supplement for food, it's it's a substitute. It's not the real thing, but it brings some nutrition, but it doesn't fill you enough to continually. Well, I suppose you could live on them for a little while, but long term is probably not going to help you. You've got to have the real thing, right? What? Micronutrient deficient. Okay. So it's important that we have the real thing. The supplements do not fill us up forever, right? We've got to be in the presence. and We've got to be in the word of God. There's life in the word. And without the word, there is no life. If there's life in the word, without the word, there is no life. We have to have the word of God. Amen. So I I was reading Timex did a study to see the sense of urgency, how it works on people. I think it was a part of... They're studying their people on how to be uh, productive in and, and their company. And one of the things, they, they were talking about urgency, uh, developing a place of urgency because urgency produces productivity in business. And so I'm thinking about the word urgency, that we should have an urgency in our spirit to want to be in the presence of God. And so uh, Timex, they did this study. It says there's 13 seconds you can be stopped. This is the norm. 13 seconds to be stopped behind a car with a green light before people start honking. 13 seconds. There's 26 seconds for people talking in a loudly in a movie theater before people start saying, Be quiet. Shh. 26 seconds. 13 minutes for a table before urgency causes us to leave when we're waiting at a restaurant. 20 minutes. For a blind date, if you're waiting for a blind date and they don't show up, 20 minutes, you're out. Um, Let's see, 26 minutes for the last person to come in for Thanksgiving, and then everybody starts eating. So remember that, Hayden, if you're watching. (laughs) And then urgency sets in. That sense of urgency, we've got to have change. So urgency, if it's not important, it's not urgent. If it's not important... It's not urgent. So the word urgency means something of importance requiring swift action, earnest and persistent response to a pressing situation. So if there is an urgency in your heart about something, it's important enough for you to act on it, correct? So if it's urgent, it's important. So Many things in our world cause a sense of urgency. Right now, we can see that all around us. The government, political things, uh, racial issues, sex trafficking, uh, gas prices, you know, the list goes on and on. There's many things. Unreconciled relationships. But what we really need to have an urgency about right now is getting in the presence of God, getting in the word of God and hungering for more of him. And if it's important enough to us, there will be an urgency in our spirits to do so. Do you agree with me on that? So Matthew 4.4, Jesus said, he replied, It has been written, Man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. So back in that day, the people... Uh, were very familiar with famine. They were not familiar with fast food. (laughs) They were familiar with famine. So sometimes bread was their only meal. And that's where the scripture comes out. It says, man shall not live by bread alone. That's your only meal. No peanut butter, no, no ham, no turkey, no cheese, just bread. You can't live just with bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that can be you know, the Lagos or the Rama word of God, something that comes directly to your heart or comes through the word of God, because the word of God is God speaking to us. You guys agree with that. This is the will of God, and he's speaking to us through his word. So we can't live. We can't live with just bread, with just water. If there's life in the word, like I said earlier, and we're not getting the word, then we're not getting life, and we can't grow. Like our little Shiloh, he's growing right now because he's feeding on milk. He's feeding on what he needs to help him grow. If he's not getting that that milk, he goes into the doctor. They're gonna say this baby's losing weight. It's a problem. You better start feeding him. Uh, another example, our dog. I was thinking this came to me when I was we were worshiping Bentley. You guys know he had a an accident. We don't really know exactly what, but Part of his vertebrae is popped out, and he has pain. And because of the pain in his neck, he's not eating. And right now, the lack of eating is what's destroying him. It's not the pain in his neck that's destroying him. It's the lack of eating. And I was thinking about it. You know, we can go through life and have pains in our heart, pains in our mind, things that we're dealing with. And we can, it can keep us from eating and feeding on the Word of God just because we're focused on the pain. Bentley's focused on the pain. He's not the same dog. He's not communicating with us. He hides under my, my uh, uh, desk. We have to get a stick kind of get him out of there. He's growling and barking at me. He is not the same animal. And it's very sad, but that pain that he's dealing with is keeping him from eating, and the eating is what's killing him. When we don't feed on the Word of God just because we're dealing with something in our heart and our mind, that's what's destroying us. The lack of feeding on the Word of God will destroy you, because you have to have the sustenance from the Word of God to live. It is our life. The Word of God is our life. It brings us revelation. It brings us instruction. It brings us correction. It brings us direction. Everything we need pertaining to life and godliness is right here in the word of God. And we have to have it regardless of whatever we're going through because it is what will heal. See, the other night we were able to get him to eat. There's some medicine the doctors gave us that makes him hungry. So we've been giving that to him a lot. And he ate. I don't know what it was, a little cheeseburger or something. He was able to hand feed him a little bit. And he popped back up. And he was just walking around. His tail was flapping around. And he was the same Bentley again. But the next day, not eating again, back to the old Bentley again. So we have to eat. We have to partake of the life that God has given us. Men were destroyed so that we could have the word of God. They lost their lives, martyrs, lost their lives so that we could have the word of God. I was thinking about uh, Corey ten Boom. You guys know the story. And that time frame when they all were, uh, you know, the Nazis had put those people in those prisons and those camps. And they didn't have anything. And the Christians didn't have their Bibles. But many of them, I'd heard stories, knew the Bible by heart so they'd get together. I know Psalm 100. I know Psalm 91. And they quote it with each other. They had to have it. It was their sustenance. It was their life to get them through that dark, deathly time in their lives. It gave them, it brought them hope and it gave them life. How can we live every day when we have the Word of God sitting right in front of us? We don't open it up. We don't read it. We don't Dwell on it. The Word says it, it, that we're to guard our heart because out of it flows the issues of life. How do we guard our heart? We just put a guard. We guard it with the Word of God. I was just talking to Braden about this the other day. He was playing a song for me. He said, oh, there's a cool song. It had a really cool rhythm, and I, I'm i listening. Immediately, my heart was like, <laughs> something's wrong with this song. And I went and looked at the words, the lyrics. And it was a cool song about cocaine. And I'm like, I don't remember. And I'm like, it's some song that he heard on a game, you know? And I'm thinking, and he doesn't play games. He he watches other people play games. And so I'm like, where did you hear this? And so we went through this whole lesson. What have I told you? You have to guard your heart because out of it flows The issues, the dealings of life, and the way you guard your heart and protect your heart is with the Word of God. And so right now, he's not in school. So in the mornings, he gets up, and he does what I do. He reads his devotion in the morning. It's never too early for our kids to read the Bible, to get the Word of God in them, to nurture. They won't do it when they're older. We've got to start now. They won't automatically do it, I should say. They will do it later if we're praying and believing in God. But they don't automatically do it. We've got to train them up. You guys know that. That's, that's a given. Okay. Oh, gosh. Where'd the time go? All right. So, let's see. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. i got to wrap this up. Man, I have more to go. Okay, this is the Amplified. So, I like how this is written. It says, so be done with every trace of wickedness. Be done. Be done with it. Kind of like he's saying, it's over. Be done with it. Be done with every trace of wickedness and all deceit and insincerity and grudges, envy and jealousy and slander and evil speaking of every kind. Every kind. Like newborn babes, you should crave and thirst and earnestly desire the pure spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow unto salvation. So we have to crave The Word of God. We have to have an urgency about getting in the Word. Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend. What does attend mean? Attention. Do something with it. Attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life, 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 life to those who find them. Healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Here's the passion. It says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you. Pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Isn't that good? Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. The affections of your heart, they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellsprings of life. So we need to listen for his voice. We need to listen to his truths. We need to lean on him. We need to learn from him, from the Spirit of God. Okay, let's skip down to 1 Peter This is the passion. It says, since we are approaching the end of all things, that's us right now, be intentional, be purposeful, and self-controlled so that you can be given to prayer. Isn't that interesting? You can be given to prayer. For example, if you have, this is verse 11, if you have a speaking gift, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. If you have a speaking gift, speak as though God were speaking his words through you. When I was studying, I I read that I thought, Speak as though God were speaking through you. Okay, it's you, God. This is you speaking through me right now. I'm speaking as though God were speaking his words through me right now. If you have a gift of serving, do it passionately with the strength that God gives you so that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. So when we're serving one another, we're doing it passionately with great strength, like God himself is doing it. For to him, belong the power and the glory forever. So Jude 1.20, and I'm going to end with this. It says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is active. So feeding on the word of God activates your faith. That's why we have to be in the word of God. And praying in the spirit activates your spirit. Feeding on the word activates your faith. Praying in the spirit activates your your spirit, and your faith. But it's important that we're doing both. It's important that we're praying in the spirit. It's important that we're in the word of God. So there's an activation of the power of God in our lives. Amen? So that we're flowing from that place that he desires us to flow from. We're not being all led by our, you know, there was a whole scripture I skipped out, but, you know, it talks about how the flesh and the spirit are warring against one another. That if we're not feeding our spirit, then we're feeding our flesh, and our flesh is what's dominating And our flesh is wanting to be led by what the world is being led by. But our spirit man wants to rise up and do what God wants us to do. And so that's why, you know, we've got the hope of glory living on the inside. Let's maintain what he's put on the inside of us. Let's maintain that gift of righteousness that's on the inside of us by getting in the word of God, by desiring with an urgency to be in the presence and be in the word of God, feeding our spirit. So that we're ready. We're ready for the end race. We can run the race and we can finish it with joy. I I heard this one thing, this story about, I forget who it was that said it. It was a minister. He was talking about how he runs one race. They live in Colorado. I don't know where it was. But he said, I run one race because my wife wants me to. And I forget the name of it. But he said, it's an unusual race because towards the end, there's all this, this distractions. There's people, belly dancers, and there's clowns, and there's all this goofy distractions trying to get us off course the last part of our race. Do you know what it is? No? Anyway, and it was, he was talking about how we get so distracted at the end of our race. And that's what's going on right now. All these things in the world that are vying for our attention, I want to encourage you all, stay focused, stay determined, stay in the race, and stay in the Word of God so that you can run and finish with joy. Amen?